This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. So please open your Bibles with me as we get started to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. We'll read from verse 29. Exodus 34 from 29. When Moses came down Mount Sinai, carrying the two tablets, uh, two tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. And Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over. And he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him. And Moses gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given them. And uh, the people, verse 35, uh, and the people of Israel will see the radiant glow of his face. So he will put the veil over his face until he returned to speak to the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. Many of us are familiar with this story. At least you have had it quoted, referenced many times. You know how Moses had gone up to the mountain and met with God. And when he came, the glory of God was upon him and his face was shining. And the people could not behold him. You know, uh, why? Because the glory of God was on him. So we've been talking about glory. So the glory of God is very simple. The glory of God in a person's life is the manifestation, physical manifestation of the power of God. Yeah. When you talk about glory, yeah. the glory is showing in you. The glory is reflected in the physical manifestation of the power of God in our lives. Amen. Glorious in holiness. Amen. So our physical actions, when God blesses it, and for example, God expedites your steps, expedites your process, you say, the glory, glory, glory. Or there's a healing a miracle. That is the power of God in action yes. in a person's life. Yes, yes. The glory that they saw of Moses is actually what we have been reading in our scripture of the month. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And I thought that I will give context to that today so that as we move on to the next scripture of the month, we have this understanding in our mind. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 7 to 13 because I really want us to understand the context in which it is speaking. So Moses and the glory that we're talking about 
from Exodus chapter 34 is talking about the old way. Amen? The old covenant. Let's read. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from the 7th verse. It says the old way with the laws etched in stone. Remember, it says, as it came down from the mountain with the tablets. The commandments were written in tablets. It says the old way with laws etched in stone led to death. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at, at Moses' face. What's God saying to us here? The glory of Moses that we like to talk about so much, the Bible says is nothing compared to the glory we have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. This is scripture now. It says such glory that the people of Israel could not look at Moses' face. It says for his face shone with the glory of God. Even though the brightness was already fading away, it was a temporary thing. It was temporary. Because after a while, his face became normal and they could behold his face. Amen. But it's saying something to us here. Remember, our scripture of the month says we are being transformed from glory to glory. We are being transformed from glory to glory to glory. We're going from the old glory into the new glory that is in Christ Jesus, Hallelujah. which is better than the old. Let's continue to read. Verse 8. It says, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So, if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more is the new which remains forever. Glory. Which remains what? Forever. So the glory that we are talking about is not touch and go glory. It's not a temporal glory. It's not a glory that appears for a little bit and then fades away. It says it's a forever glory which remains what? Forever. So we are in a good place. Don't go back to the old. Don't get stuck in the old. It says that old way was good. The people could not look at the face of Moses. But he's saying big deal. Big deal. That glory faded away. He said but in Christ Jesus, we have a far greater glory. Hallelujah. Verse 12. He says since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. That is why timidity and Christianity cannot be said in the same sentence. Amen? Fearful, timid, 
Christians are only those people that don't know who they are in Christ Jesus. Amen? When you see people focus so much on the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, they, they are just binding and binding and losing and binding and losing. You have lost sight of who you are. It's saying that you and I, in this new way, because of the confidence we have in this new way, we can be very bold. We can be very bold. We shouldn't live fearful lives. That somebody is doing me. Nobody is doing you. Amen. In 2019, God gave me a revelation. You know, and as I, as I was receiving that understanding, I was sharing with you, with the church at the time. You know, because I grew up with this mindset that there is such a thing as a demon that eats money. Agbano. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I grew up with that. That there's a demon that eats money. So, if you're working, but you are always broke, it means that demon is afflicting you. And one day, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said to me, that don't you think that that demon that has been around for thousands of years will be very foolish to come and afflict your broke self? A demon that eats money is now afflicting a broke person. That's a very foolish demon. Oh, that, that, that's, that's the height of stupidity. You see, but that is what culture and mindset has done to us. A lot of the things we have believed are not so. You just need to settle down and remove biases and read the scripture plainly, in plain English, and you will get that understanding. Amen. Verse 13. <laughs> Let's read it together. Verse 13 of uh, Colossians 3, 13. We are not like Moses. Okay, let's personalize it. I, I am not like Moses. Who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel will not see the glory. Even though... It, so whether he covered it or didn't cover it, he was going away. Amen? So listen to me. Understand this and understand it very well. I'm not like Moses. It's not pride. I'm better than Moses. Because the one that is in me today... Moses wished he saw the days of Jesus. The Bible says they were waiting with anticipation for that appearing of Jesus. And we are living in those days that they earnestly yearned for. Somebody say, I have the glory of God in Christ Jesus. I am not like Moses. I have Jesus. I'm better than Moses. Hallelujah. He's not heresy. He's not heretic. It's just scripture. Amen? It's just scripture. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, greater works than this 
you will do. He said, everybody is talking about how great I am, but I am telling you and letting you know that because of what I have done for you, after I am gone, you will do greater works. So don't ever let anybody scare you. Well, you might be scared if you are not living right. (laughs) Amen. The one thing about the devil is he knows how to accuse. Hardly will he come with false accusation. He knows the things you have done. And he's going to accuse you before God with the things that you have done. But somebody say, I have the blood. The blood of Jesus. I have the blood. The blood of Jesus. The Bible says we can now come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Why? Because of the blood. Because of the blood. When God sees me, he's not really looking at me. He's seeing the blood. When I appear before the throne of God, I come by the perfect and the living way. I come by the blood of Jesus. By the blood. By the blood. So it is important that we understand that aspect of us. You know, there's a video I wanted to show, but I won't show it. You know, I I talked to you the last time about the metamorphosis of the butterfly. Maybe we should, if it's ready, play it. It's less than one minute. Let's put our hands together for technical. together for technical. They were on top of it. Watch this. The reason I wanted to show you that is in that egg was that butterfly. In that egg was that beautiful butterfly. But a transformation needed to take place from one stage to the next before we arrived at the butterfly. You know what I found out? At each stage of that process, there is a shedding. There's a shedding. So, the larvae was inside the egg. You saw that there was a point where it was dark. The larvae was in the, in the egg. And then it broke out of the egg and ate the share to become the caterpillar. The diet of 
the egg was different from the diet of the caterpillar. The caterpillar is eating leaves. Amen. Remember what Apostle Paul said. He said, I could not speak to you as mature Christians. He said, by now you are supposed to be chewing bone, eating hard meat. He said, but I still have to feed you with milk. Why? Because you have not transformed. Because you have not going through the process. Amen. The, the larvae came out, became the caterpillar, and started eating leaves. And then when it was time for it to become the pupil, it shed off all the cuticle, is what we call it. The cuticle. It shed it off. If you saw the full video, very amazing. You know, he made sure that he lost everything from the old. God is taking you through a process to transform you from where you are to where you need to be. There are some friends that will not make it to that next level with you, but you are still holding on to them. If you saw the tail end of that uh, uh, pooper, it shook off the rest of the cuticle that was still hanging on. It shook it off. You know, rest itself free of it. And then went into a stage of stillness where God was doing the work in the, in the pooper. What am I saying to you today? We are all at different stages. The stage you are to move to the next stage, you will lose some things. And as you move from one stage to the next, you will change your diet. Amen? So, you like to watch Hollywood, Nollywood, or what's it called? Hollywood and all of those things. As you are transforming, your diet will change. Your intake will change. You know why? Garbage in, garbage out. So, if I am going to be transformed, my transformation will begin, first and foremost, my transformation will begin with acknowledging God. And know that is the Lord and Master. He's the Savior. He's the all in all. You know, and in doing that, you know, is an act of my will, is a surrender. That is why the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, from verse 10, it says, If anyone believes, amen, is an action by you, you choose to believe. Amen. If anyone confesses, he says, and for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith you are saved. It's an action that you are taking. It's something that you are doing. Your salvation, God does that, but as you continue, there are good works that the Lord expects of us. Watch this. I told you this last time. Transformation is a journey. Transformation is not a destination. Amen? Transformation is a journey. One of the reasons I can say that is because I know for a fact that there are no adults of God. 
We only have children of God. All the grandpas and the grandmas in the house, they are all children of God. They are not grandpas of God or grandmas of God. That will connote that their children gave birth to God. Amen? We are all children of God. What that tells you is till we see Jesus face to face, we are growing. We're transforming. We're getting better. There is a better you that is waiting to manifest. There's a better version of you that is begging for expression. There's a better version of you that God is saying, if you will let me, I can make you better. If you will let me, I can transform you. If you will let me, I can change you. But too many people are resisting God. Too many people are resisting God. So we must acknowledge in our surrender his lordship. We must also yield control over to God. I will never forget this. Uh, my last parish in Nigeria, uh, my pastor, she told me, she said, you know, Pastor K, said, I like to be in control. I like to be in control. So she said for many years after she gave her life to Christ, she couldn't speak in tongues. You know, because she wanted to make sense of what she's saying. She said, if I can't make sense of it, I'm not going to say it. Why, how can I just begin to rattle what I don't know? Why? She was still in control. If you are going to surrender to God truly, you will learn to yield control. You will learn to trust him. You cannot yield control of anything to someone you don't trust. In fact, the very fact that you hand over something to someone to do in your stead is a clear indication that you trust the person. Otherwise, it will be foolish on your part. You don't trust them, but you are giving them responsibility. You are the fool of the two of you. For real. So, the very fact that you say, you go do this, it connotes trust. So, we must learn to yield control. Too many of us, instead of praying and seeking the face of the Lord, we have our own plans and we just go ahead with our own plans. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The third thing I would like to say under surrender is we must embrace sacrifice. You know, especially in this part of the world. You know, our, our psyche has been trained to have ease. Right? There's electricity. There's water. There's no contingency. You are not planning for a four-hour traffic jam on the way. I'm telling you things I had to plan when I went to Nigeria recently. <laughs> you, have to, you have to plan electricity. You have to plan. It's hard life. Hard life. Hard life. But here, everything is easy. You know? In fact, if you are driving and there's a tiny portal and your car goes, you say, what the heck? story for another day. There's a good story I can tell you there. Let me just hint you. I went to Nigeria with my friend. It was raining. The whole place was flooded. I mean, the car, 
the water was like up to here. He's trying to avoid this and avoid that. Guess what we, where we landed? In the ditch. You know, as we're trying to figure out what, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, I just started feeling my feet wet. Water was already. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So in Nigeria, you sacrifice by force. By force. <laughs> but listen to this. In Romans chapter 1, uh, chapter 12, the Bible says, present yourself to the Lord a living sacrifice. What that implies is a willingness to make sacrifices for the kingdom. How many of us will sacrifice anything for the Lord's sake? Because we have been taught to easy life. You know, even if you lose your job, there's unemployment. If that is not enough, you can go get SNAP or check. What's it called? Full stamp. You can get full stamp. There's so many things to make life easy. But we must, if we're going to be transformed truly, we must learn to embrace sacrifice. I'm out of time, not out of message. Let's rise to our feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.